Welcome to the Patient Safety Podcast. This series is brought to you with the support of W21C in the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Calgary. In Episode 2, Dr. Chad Saunders from W21C and the Haskane School of Business at the University of Calgary will be discussing the personal health record and what it might mean to patient safety and the healthcare system. The personal health record is an electronic file that is maintained by clinicians working in various offices, clinics, and hospitals but also includes information provided by the patient. Just a reminder as you're listening, if you want to find out more about our podcast authors or look up any material referenced in this or any other episode, please visit our website, www.patientsafetypodcast.com. Now, Chad Saunders. In this podcast, uh, we cover the role of the personal health record for patient safety, first by looking at how it's different from electronic health records. Then we look at uh, five mechanisms by which the personal health record facilitates patient safety. The first being uh, through communications and information exchange that minimize medical errors. Then increasing the visibility of the data, which leads to improvements in the quality of that data through empowering individuals to take ownership over their, not only their data, but ultimately their care. Third, the role of the personal health record in tracking activities, symptoms, and other personal aspects of their care. Fourth, the role of the personal health record as a telehealth mechanism to, again, facilitate patient care. Finally, uh, the role of the personal health record as a mechanism for facilitating uh, research. So the electronic personal health record is normally maintained by either a clinician in their office or most folks within a hospital context, they would have their own electronic health record. For those records, they're essentially maintained at the point of care for that particular patient and only the scope of the clinical activity that uh, that institution or clinician is involved in is basically recorded in that record. The challenge for many of these records is that they're not connected, so patients are dealing with multiple care providers, probably multiple hospitals, they tend to move around, and that record doesn't follow them. The benefit or the a proposal, I guess, around these personal health records is that they add, add more of a personal dimension in the sense that they contain a subset of information that's in these other health records. Um, So in one way, they allow you to sort of integrate that data, but also it allows the patient to put in information directly that wouldn't normally be part of an electronic record, either in the hospital or in a a clinician's office. So from that point of view, it's, it's quite different. The second difference between their normal health record and their personal health record is that the patient really does control what goes in there and who gets access to that data that they've put in in follow up. So the idea being that a patient could, for example, with a long-term condition, could be tracking their blood sugar levels if they're diabetic, and you know they're using this tool to sort of help them track that information. And then if they, some point in the future, need either someone to help them control their diet or other care, they could then choose to sort of share that data with that care provider. Or another situation would be if, for example, a a patient in one jurisdiction decides that they are moving to another jurisdiction, these uh, personal health records are are highly portable and allows them to sort of move at least a subset of that data that they had um, around their care 
to the other jurisdictions. So again, a lot of allows for portability and allows for patient control over essentially data that's theirs to begin with anyway. So in terms of the potential for these health records for patient safety, the main point has been the personal health record allow you to facilitate communications and and information exchange at transition points. So two examples I just described, you know, for example, the patient moves or they're getting care from multiple providers. And it's these transition points where we often get uh, medical errors either through data translation or otherwise, or adverse sort of drug events arise. So again, our, our ability to sort of control the quality of that data and the timeliness of the exchange, again, sort of significantly reduces the possibility for those errors. The other piece around that is as patients or individuals engage with a broader healthcare system that includes, again, more focus on wellness and, and uh, the onus being more on the patient versus the healthcare system to make them well, personal health record sort of provides that, that integration piece that in many ways, at least traditionally, was offered by the family physician. And again, with this sort of heightened role of, of wellness and the role of the individual, this personal health record is more closely aligned with that mandate versus, you know, someone sick, make them better mandate. Related to that would be the ability for the personal health record to help facilitate reconciling medications and more timely access to lab results. So instead of uh, the patient having to wait for lab results to come back through different channels, they can essentially go directly and get those lab results. But also it allows them to sort of reconcile their medications. Again, because a lot of this data from these various systems are integrated in the personal health record, plus in the heads of the individual patients, the patient is able to see what the healthcare system sort of sees and then be able to supplement that with additional information like, oh, actually, yes, I am taking that medication, I am taking this, but I'm also taking this supplement or I'm also taking these other items. Or, more importantly, yes, that is actually the prescription that I've been given, but I'm actually taking this or I'm actually doing that. Uh, and again, it allows for a much more uh, rich data set around what's actually happening in the patient's life. The second uh, sort of issue is access to health education. Because the data in that record is personalized to that individual, you can also then tailor educational mechanisms as well. So not only can you provide additional background information on conditions or prevention and so on, uh, but you can also time that in the similar way that other organizations are able to time ads at the time when they're engaged in certain activities. You can do so similar sort of things in the personal health record. When a patient is interested in a particular topic at a particular to point in time, the system can, can then automatically provide through those triggers essentially access to educational materials that are targeted uh, to that individual's needs. In addition, so the personal health record opens the visibility of the data residing in the various electronic health records. So even simple things which are not so simple like contact information, uh, name, you know, address, date of birth, all those very pertinent data points. Individual patients don't normally have visibility to that data set, whereas in the personal health record they do have access to that data. And because this is being fed from other systems, then they know if that data is accurate or not. So again, and this provides sort of an easy, convenient mechanism to then go back and, and revise that data and again, increase the quality of the data. Uh, this then allows them to sort of facilitate another sort of challenge around care, which is uh, contacting for follow-up sort of items, so either follow-up appointments or notifications around changes around drugs. In addition, they could then facilitate scheduling 
which has been a, a huge barrier to access to services within the healthcare system. And again, not only is it convenient from the point of view of the individual patients, but it's also highly effective in terms of being able to load balance and, and make sure that the clinicians that are supposed to be available are actually available at the point when care is needed. So essentially, the personal health record at this point sort of empowers individuals to actually take ownership over their own data and ultimately their own care. On the personal level, it provides a mechanism for them to track their activities, uh, symptoms, and other personal uh, aspects of their care over time. And again, as this data is not normally available as part of the normal health record, but allows the individual more control over their own care, and then allows the decision for them to share that data with other either care providers or other folks involved in their wellness as they deem appropriate. And again, this is a significant change from, from the current sort of model where essentially the health record is owned and operated by the health providers. And this is uh, particularly useful for long-term conditions where such rich data is essential for understanding what is happening on an individual sort of basis. Because this personal health record provides a secure window into individual patient history and, and a secure channel for communication, there's also the possibility, and this has been done in certain contexts, where the actual care is being delivered through the personal health record. So instead of an individual patient having to attend a clinical appointment or see a physician to have a prescription renewed, they're able to then essentially contact clinicians and uh, facilitate appointments directly through the personal health record. For certain groups, and again from a patient safety point of view, not only is this highly convenient, but from a telehealth uh, perspective, this also reduces the need for potentially unnecessary visits, but also for certain populations, for example the elderly, the ability to not have to track into a clinical appointment can have significant positive effects not only for the care, but also for exposure to other risk factors, like for example, falls and slips and, and so on. So in addition to communications between the patient and the care provider, there's also an opportunity with the personal health record to facilitate those communications with the research community. So this allows you know, direct interaction between the researchers and, and individual participants in various research studies. From a patient safety point of view, on the one level, it basically allows for greater awareness of what studies, clinical trials, and, and so on are actually available. And then two, for them to be more selective in terms of what they participate in. Uh, then if they actually choose to participate in a study, then again, it allows for very timely, cost-effective sort of communications, which presumably would allow for a more rapid development of new treatments, new drugs, new, new processes, and the ability for individual participants to be able to track their, not only the progress through the study, but also any sort of new findings that, that might be relevant to their own care. So again, really rapid turnaround time on the research side, really shortening the cycle time between when the data is actually collected to when it actually impacts uh, practice. So in terms of some of the challenges around the personal health record, some of the issues that have sort of been noted to date include compensation for clinicians. So for example, if they're facilitating patient care through electronic means, and then again, not through a face-to-face -face visit, is the healthcare system set up to sort of compensate that financially? Are there liability issues that arise through such modes of care versus face-to-face? 
Privacy and security is certainly a concern around the personal health record, even though in terms of the, the technologies that these services are being provided on are reasonably well established. This basically provides another pathway for potential breaches. A third sort of issue, again, around personal health records has been the single source of truth. So for example, if, if these systems are integrating data from various sources, then you know which source do you trust the most? If they're going to be integrating from these various sources, there are sort of errors and so on, then how do you sort of work that out? Probably more importantly, if there's if you identify at the personal health record level potential for an adverse drug interaction, how do you then track that back to other care providers and uh, make them aware of, of that potential issue as well? Another uh, sort of challenge, I guess, around the personal health record has been just the infrastructure to roll this out. Obviously, there's huge variations in sort of the ability for certain jurisdictions to be able to, to roll out this, this sort of technology. The standards are not really well established yet, so again, we might envision that this is highly interoperable and, and patients will be able to, to move their data around, but the reality, at least right now, is that many of these systems are essentially replicating some of the same silos that we have already in, the, in context. So again, being able to sort of avoid that going forward is, uh, is a critical issue. Locally, and uh, locally in this case means Alberta, they're in the early stages of rolling out the personal health record, which is as of November of 2012, uh, the myhealth.alberta.ca portal, which is a partnership between Alberta Health and Alberta Health Services. Again, they're at, they're at sort of the early stages, at least from the, from the patient point of view of, of this infrastructure, in the sense that the personal health record is providing a database of, of knowledge around uh, different conditions, uh, but again, it's not highly tailored to the individual patient. That's the subsequent phase in 2013, but at least right now, that core infrastructure is in place. It is available to, to sort of all Albertans. And right now, they're actually going through an engagement process where they're soliciting sort of input uh, from the, the population of, of Alberta, uh, looking for how to, how to best sort of tailor this for this particular jurisdiction. If you look at what's happened in other jurisdictions, like for example, the US or the UK, uh, we've sort of seen these uh, personal health records evolve very rapidly uh, to the point where they are able to sort of provide that uh, link to these sort of back-end hospital systems and these other, other environments, and also able to provide that personal component where patients are able to sort of enter in their own data. And then they seem to hit sort of a brick wall in terms of uh, further development. So again, we're interested to see you know, how this might sort of pan out within the, within the Alberta context. Obviously hoping to learn uh, from the experience of others and uh, through this engagement process then sort of see uh, what Albertans are looking for. That was Chad Saunders discussing the personal health record and how it may affect our healthcare systems going forward. Before we go, and for those of you who are going to be in the Calgary area, W21C will be hosting a day-long innovation forum called Creating a New Common Ground at Foothills Medical Center on April 12, 2013. The forum will focus on apps, analytics, and visualization for better health and healthcare in the 21st century, and will feature a presentation by Dr. David Bates from Harvard University. Please visit w21c.org for more details. Don't forget to visit patientsafetypodcast.com to find materials referenced in this episode. You can find other episodes in the series there, 
at w21c.org, or you can subscribe to the series for free from iTunes. Please email your feedback, comments, or suggestions for our series to w21cedu at ucalgary.ca. Thank you for listening.